In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about Bernie Sanders' feelings about birthdays. Jeff Bezos' phone was hacked. And impeachment, obviously. Obviously, what else? Yeah. Let's get into it. <laughs> Betches Media presents... Like beer, I don't know if you, okay. do you like beer, Senator, or not. Um, Mom, I want a vape. <laughs> Nude pictures of Trump. Come on now. Don't mess with me. The Betches Sup Podcast. How dare you? Elise, I'm so happy to be back with you. It has been a while since we were just, you know, the two I of know, us. I know, it hasn't, it hasn't really, like, it's been a really long time. Well, now that we added Amanda into the rotation, it's like, it's harder to get a, a repeat. Yes, Which it I is. actually think is a nice little, a nice little switch up. It's good, it's good. We're adding perspectives, we're adding smart, fun people. Speaking of smart, fun people coming on the pod. Today's episode is really exciting, you guys, because after Sammy and I break down all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, we have an interview with Congressman Eric Swalwell. The most exciting. Yes. What a get. Brian and Amanda interviewed him. They said he was super fun, down to clown, really funny, cool guy. He really was. He was so friendly, so nice. He said that, honestly, his wife doesn't know what's going on with his job unless she sees it on the sup. So, wow. That's well, a big compliment. Hello to Mrs. Swalwell. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Madame. I don't know what people, I don't want to assume people's titles, but yes, hello good idea. to her. He has, he has two young kids, very yes. young, which, I mean, good for him. He did like some Insta stories this. with us. He's great. Very cool. Big fan. Yeah, so definitely stick around until the end of this episode to hear that interview. Absolutely. Well, before we get into that, yes. Elise. What has been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Oh, I'm very excited to share. Please share. My what's getting me through this week. So um, as some of you may know, the New York Times recently concluded uh, a review of all of the candidates. They ended in an endorsement of both Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar. Something we should yeah. talk about. <laughs> Not how endorsements work. No. Really? Yeah. But yeah. It's it what happened. such <laughs> bullshit. Like, of course, women have to share the right? endorsement. And it's like, also like... If you want one of these candidates, you don't really want the uh, like. They're, the, they're completely they're, different. They're opposite. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if either one of them was the nominee, I will be yeah. knock, knock, knocking on doors for that person. But yes. what I'm saying is, like, if you're gonna endorse one, it's kind of insane to say that you think both of these people should be the well, one. I did read their reasoning, and yeah. like, it does. It doesn't make zero sense. It's just more like. To me, I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah. And I put this on my Instagram story, but like, if you wonder why women are aggressive on their yeah. way to the top, why Amy Klobuchar's throwing yeah. combs at people, <laughs> it's because the bitch can't even get her own endorsement. Right? It's like, you gotta Sorry, share. Sorry, should I not have screamed that? That's okay. <laughs> okay. I think I think the anger is justified. I shouldn't have called her a bitch. 
Yeah, but like I feel like you went, you meant it in the way that's empowering to women. Yes, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> you know how you can say it in a way that's not empowering yes. to women, but you can say it in a way that like the We're Lizzo way where it is bitch. empowering to women. Yes. That's, I, I said it in the Lizzo way. In the, yeah, you meant it in I the did. Lizzo way. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but what I'm sharing today, so basically leading up to this endorsement, the New York Times conducted interviews with all of the candidates and then they released these interviews. And what I would like to share is a clip from Bernie Sanders' interview. So before we before we get into the clip, I, I'll just go through what he talked about. So um, he talked in general about how he is thinking about naming potential Supreme Court nominees on the campaign trail, which is something that Trump did. And he was like, you know, that's actually a good idea. I might do that. Uh, he talked about trying to get the Senate to pass things with a simple majority and trying to move towards that if he becomes the president, which is kind of a big deal if he wants to get Medicare for all passed. Right. You know? Um, and he acknowledged his changing views on gun control because in the past he was a lot more like gun la- friendly. Yeah, he was a lot more gun friendly. He also talked about his exercise and diet struggles. Do you think he wants to come on diet? That's tomorrow? what I was about to say. I was like, we should get Bernie. If we can't get him on the sub, we should at least get him on DST uh, because obviously he did have a heart attack earlier this year. So he's supposed to, you know, he's supposed to change up his diet. And apparently his daughter-in-law is a yoga instructor. That does not surprise me at all. Not at all. It is like so classic generational. Like you got this like old Jew and then his daughter is like a yoga <laughs> instructor. Who's like, he's like become a lawyer or a doctor and she becomes a yoga instructor. That is so classic. She um, she has apparently been getting him, you know, he's doing the asanas now. So I love that for him. Uh, but let's get into this clip, which is my favorite part of the entire interview that kind of went viral. Look, I don't tolerate bullshit terribly well. And I come from a different background than a lot of other people who run the country. I'm not good at backslapping. I'm not good at pleasantries. If you have your birthday, I'm not gonna call you up to congratulate you so you love me and you write nice things about me. That's not what I do. Never have. And I, and I, you know, I, just, I, I take that as a little bit of a criticism, self-criticism. I've been amazed at how many people respond to, happy birthday, oh, Bernie, thanks so much for calling. You know, it works. It, it's just not my style. Um, <laughs> you know, I try to stay focused on the important issues facing working families in this country. Birthdays are not an important issue facing (laughs) working families, Bernie. I just... I love this because two days earlier, a profile on him came out that my friend sent us and we were laughing about how in it, it talked about how he doesn't like wishing people a happy birthday. And then this clip comes out where he's just going in on wishing people a happy birthday. My favorite part is his impression of what wishing someone a happy birthday <laughs> sounds like. She was like, oh, oh, congratulations, <laughs> happy birthday. You know what I actually think is, this is actually providing insight mm-hmm. into? I think what he's getting at, but is maybe not known to like the lay person mm-hmm. is that politicians call journalists for bullshit like wishing them happy birthday so yes. that they'll like them and I think that that's something that is maybe not communicated and contextualized yes but that's why I think he's saying it and he just doesn't realize that no one knows that so to everyone else it just sounds like he hates birthdays yeah I also think that like in the context of the entire 90 minute interview it probably w- did come across more like he's talking about like oh yeah I'm not gonna like schmooze up these reporters so that they'll write nice things about me but instead it just literally is it's just 30 seconds of him going off on the concept of wishing people a happy birthday and it really made me laugh some other funny things from the interview with bernie uh he apparently has never heard the term cancel culture before. So they used the term cancel culture and he was like, Does he not he'd speak have never to his heard. supporters? Like, I don't get he's that. Not, he's not paying attention to what his <laughs> supporters are doing <laughs> online. That's for sure. 
he he asked he was asked what's an app on your phone that might surprise people and responded nothing which <laughs> i think i could see bernie sanders having only one app on his phone and it's scrabble and we're just like what do you use your phone for he's like i don't know i'm supposed to have a phone so <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <I'm> play- <laughs> i see it like my grandpa where there's like three icons and they're yes. all like the default ones and he doesn't even like he texts like once a month yeah exactly i i feel like it's definitely like that and then my other my other thing that came out of this interview that I'm now, I couldn't be more intrigued about that we're going to get absolutely no information, but they asked Sanders to give an example of a time he had his heart broken and he Aww. said, I won't. <laughs> he said, even candidates for president of the United States have a limited amount of privacy, which makes me feel like there is a deep Hole. Bernie Sanders heartbreak story out there. I get it. I want to know so badly. Same. Who broke Bernie's heart? Email us at sup at betches.com. If you you broke Bernie's heart. If you broke Bernie Sanders' heart, please come on the podcast (laughs) to tell us. Well, it's funny because I think Cory Booker's answer to this question Mm -hmm. was like, America broke my heart. You got a lot of praise for that, for being like, you know, if you don't, if America doesn't break your heart, you're not a patriot. And Bernie Sanders like, no. (laughs) Absolutely not. Yeah. That's my own business. Yeah. I'm Jordana's focused. brother does a hilarious Bernie Sanders impression. I really feel like we should insert it here because I have <laughs> it. It was around around Hanukkah. He, mm-hmm. They sent me one that was like dreidel. You know, like you, you got the gimel and all the millionaires <laughs> and the billionaires. <laughs> they get all the winnings. Yeah, I a good Bernie Sanders impression is I'll, I'll fa- fantastic. It's really funny. It's really yeah. it is really lovely. Yeah. Uh, and I will say that if he's the nominee, we can really bring. I don't know if you've ever seen Anthony Antamanik's Trump impression, but he yes. does. He tours with James Adomian, who's another comedian who does Bernie Sanders, and I think that it'll really elevate the Trump versus Bernie tour, which is very funny. They, yeah, they should do like a whole. They do a whole thing. Might just make it worth it for him to be the nominee just for that. Yeah, <laughs> just because it'll be that'll be fun. Sammy. What's been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Oh, we have a scandal, Elise. (gasps) A scandal? A scandal. Jeff Bezos is... Okay, so you may remember um, when Jeff Bezos' nudes were released. Who could ever forget? Who could forget? I can't, for one. So we have a little bit more color on this story now. And the color is that his phone was hacked by... Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia. Shady, shady. It seems. So here's basically the story. Um, Ever since his phone was hacked, Jeff Bezos has been like, I'm a billionaire. You're not going to hack my shit. And he's Mm -hmm. been on a quest to find out what happened. Yeah. Um, So the United Nations quickly intervened and they claim, well, not quickly, but they did intervene. And they claimed that Bezos was targeted by Saudi Arabia because of his publication, the Washington Post, often criticized the kingdom. And specifically, he had Jamal Khashoggi, famous for being chopped up with a bone saw by... uh, the Saudis um, <laughs> by was a writer, bin someone, like, at his instruction. Yeah. Um, so it seems that that was the motivation behind the hack. Um, and here's what happens. So basically on May 1st, MBS sent J- Jeff Bezos a video over WhatsApp. The, the video was allegedly of Saudi and Swedish flags. I don't know why that combo in particular with Arabic text. It's unclear if he clicked on the video, but it doesn't seem that he needed to have clicked on it for the video to have in- had malware in it. And it infected his phone, basically giving the hacker um, access to all his text photos, just everything on his phone. Pretty much. I love that this was done in the same way that like, like when I was in high school, I would try to trick my friend to clicking on porn. I'd yeah. be like, check this out. And then it's like lemon part 
party or whatever exactly. one of those yeah. like shock websites exactly. like this that's how mbs like did this literally like actually cool video he check it out he, he had apparently met mbs like or you know he had met him in the past but he had had contact with him and then mbs texted him this video and that was it um the analysis by the united nations accused the Saudi prince of using malware created by Israeli cybersecurity company NSO Group and a Milan-based company called Hacking Team. You know, these names. What is going on with the naming? NSO at least sounds like it could be anything. It could be a government organization. It could be like a tech company. Right? Hacking Team? Crimes, Inc. Like, what is happening? Fraud guarantee. Do people know that they don't have to name their, like, they don't have to be straightforward. Yeah, exactly. That's they don't so have to do that. I mean, it's it's actually helpful that they are, but it's like not necessary. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically what happened. Obviously, Jeff is not happy about this. And the Saudi embassy obviously denied being involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the bigger question. Why are all these people texting with MBS? I feel like if you listen, if you're listening to this right now and you have a WhatsApp chat with MBS, you need to delete, delete, delete. It's too late. (laughs) Well, he's already infected your phone. But yeah, it just seems like a lot of people are WhatsApping with MBS. That's like the main way that he's communicating, like handling his business these days. And it's just bizarre to me what i would love to see is his list of who his he has chats open with right now right it's like jared kushner jeff bezos like steve bannon probably like you have all these people that he's like what does that look like it's like a vip list of assholes yes it would be very interesting to see his contact list at this point i would love i'm just not even contacts recent convos yes you know like well who are his top 10 at the moment also did he send this video to anybody else yeah also why wouldn't you you choose like a cat video like something that actually seems like the per- receiver might want the it's video. also bold to send the video from your account right Wait. like it's like it i, I don't know why he wouldn't think it would get traced back to him i mean i guess they did have to do like a full forensic analysis on jeff bezos's phone but also it is jeff bezos so you should probably assume he has the resources to like do that well i think anyone he's talking to would have the resources yeah. to find out but like it's it's just maybe he doesn't care if he's found out is the answer. It's also probably true. I mean, he did like vet fully order a journalist murdered and like kind of nothing happened to him. Yeah. And then so. he comes out and he's like, I'm young. I'm hip. Women can drive now. Now I'm just going to go murder people on the yeah. side. WhatsApping viruses to people like what's going on? It's weird how cyber how um I, you know, warfare and, and you know, between countries has sort of become this weird mix of like casual tech plus like there's no like open warfare anymore it's like oh right. let me tweet the uh, the iranian flag yeah or like let me buy a bunch of ads on facebook that yeah. make people that confuse people or i mean obviously a lot of the stuff with iran has died down now but my biggest thing that i for in this moment but uh one of the things they kept talking about was like a cyber attack this could happen and it's just like this kind of underscores like we have not dealt with what the what is possible as far as like technological warfare and like technological espionage between countries. Yeah, it's insane. Where 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 are we, America? Like, what's I, going on? I know. I I mean, I feel like that kind of stuff is not going to get dealt with unless there until there is like a major like a massive cyber attack that happens on like a major westernized country, which I'm not looking forward to. Unfortunately, I completely agree with you. It's <laughs> sort of like how like after 9/11 we decided to like take everyone's liquids out of their suitcases. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? it's, it's like not, we always react 
I also think part of the problem is that Congress is so goddamn old that they don't even know. It's Bernie oh. Sanders, like, without an app. With, yeah. On his phone. <laughs> Bernie like, Sanders like, has no apps Like, he has phone. no apps on his phone. You think this guy's gonna, like, be able to figure out that or, you can actually conduct espionage via WhatsApp? Remember, like, he doesn't even know what that is. We're also just not, we're not running any candidates under 70 either. So it's like, like that's not the, except for Pete. And Eric Swalwell. Except for Peter. And Eric Swalwell. <laughs> well, you, but... What about Eric Swalwell knows how to DM, so I think that he could be of help in this. Yes. Maybe we will chat. No, I feel that. like when we're talking about all this stuff in Congress, like everyone who's over seventy years old needs to just sit down, and like we can let the young people take this one. Do you remember the Facebook hearing? Yeah, when, when they confused it with Google. <laughs> what, literally, we had people asking like, "What is Twitter?" <laughs> like, at one point they were like, "How do you make money on Facebook?" And Mark Zuckerberg's like, "I sell ads. That's why we're here." Like it was, it was, it's embarrassing. It's so funny. It's like, what is Twitter? It's like, ask your staffer who just tweeted some dumb bullshit from right? your account. I know exactly. Ask the person on your account who runs your Twitter. Yeah. Do you think you're paying for that? It, Do what? they not think that they're embarrassing themselves by no, not knowing what that is? Because they don't understand that the questions are because, because they only hang out with each other. Yeah. Who also don't know anything. So they don't realize that they're being like, so we screw in the light bulb? And it's just like, you sound like a fucking idiot. It's like how we talk about TikTok around here. <laughs> yeah, it is me talking about TikTok. I'm like, so we're dancing? What's going on? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't throw so much shade. That's true. That's true. That's me at 70 trying to work the hologram machine at my kid's house. <laughs> I'm just like... It won't turn on. And they're like, oh my God, you're like, you already are a hologram mom. Yeah. It's like, no, you're connected to the cloud. It's and I'm fine. Like, <laughs> it's like, I know. It's so sad. <sighs> All, right, All right. Should we get we into the let's thing? Get into the thing, which is impeachment. Here's okay. I just want to make one statement before we go into impeachment. I feel that we're doing a disservice propaganda wise mm -hmm. to what actually happened. Trump was impeached already. Yes. It's done. This is a removal trial. Yes, we're deciding you're right. whether we're going to remove him, not whether we're going to impeach him. And I think that that is like another one of those examples where Democrats just kind of like don't use the right word. Yeah. We are. This is his removal trial. Yes. He is impeached. He is. You're impeached. so right because I keep being like, I keep talking about it the, the other way where I'm like the trial to impeach President Trump. And it's like, no, he is impeached. This is for him to be. It's removed. hard because it's like embedded in the way we speak, but I think that it is imp an important distinction that we should try to make. Um, so one thing I wanted to do a quick correction from something we said last week when Nancy Pelosi signed <laughs> signed her, her documents <laughs> with her many pens and sent yeah. all of the impeachment managers over to the Senate. So I thought that that, I don't know what's going on with me, but I was like, it's so weird that that's their only job. I'm completely wrong. I was speaking completely out of my ass. That is not their only job. They then go to the Senate and make the entire case yeah, they're for busy. what's happening. They're, they're up late. Yeah, they're booked and busy and blessed. Yeah. So I am sorry for saying that last week. That was very not correct of me. So this week, what we have seen is now the seven impeachment managers over in the Senate making their case for why Donald Trump should be removed from office following his impeachment, which has already taken place. Yes. So earlier this week, we started out, kicked everything off with a debate about the rules. So as we've talked about, Mitch McConnell had put out these rules. He released them on Monday. He had initially said they were going to follow the same rules as the Bill Clinton trial. That's like... That was a straight up lie. Yeah, it's like, uh, are we... 
So he initially tried to have it be that they, each side would have 24 hours over two days to make their case. This And it, and that each one would start at 1 a.m. So this was kind no, of... No, no, it, start, it starts 1 at 1 a.m. Sorry, it 1 p.m. 1 p.m., but they're, and it's a 12-hour day, and there's two hour-long breaks. So this is ending at 3 in the morning. Yeah, the way that he had initially planned for it to be was for it to end at like 3 in the morning. It was going to be like this rapid-fire thing, basically trying to make it go as fast as sham possible. Trial. Let's and, just call it a sh- He yeah. wanted a sham trial. The rules basically meant that they would have to vote on every witness and every document from the House that would be submitted. So like all the stuff that's already in the record, the Senate would then have to vote on whether or not they were going to allow that. And obviously... Because we have a few cowards, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Corey Gardner. Who am I missing? Lamar Alexander? Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Oh, of course, Mitt. <laughs> of uh, course, Mitt Romney. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, I can't remember him. Um, those people who were kind of the ones who we were counting on to mm-hmm. maybe vote for witnesses, maybe to have what in America we call a real trial. They have been voting against witnesses, against every witness, mm-hmm. against every piece of testimony being submitted. Yes. So the the and one, they're also not allowed to have any cameras other than the Senate TV yes. in the chamber. So no reporters. So the one the one change that did get made was uh, I guess good old Susan Collins of Maine and a couple of those moderates you were just talking about before the rules got submitted, they pulled Mitch McConnell aside and they were like, "Look." It's got to be 24 hours over three days because we can't be doing this thing where it's at three o'clock in the morning because that looks really bad for us. And she they also made it so that they didn't have to vote to include the House evidence separately because they were like, that's too far. That looks really shady to us. Yes. After that, they voted. So they like presented that. And then the Democrats had like 10 amendments that would have allowed like witnesses and all these different things. And then the Republicans voted down all of those. Yeah. So we moved very, very, very yes. slightly over. Yes. But to me, I'm like, you're going to 1 a.m. What's the difference between 1 and 3? Everyone's asleep. Yeah. Slight improvements. But yes. really nothing substantial because ultimately what it really what's really necessary for this is that there are live witnesses. Um, yeah. John Bolton, Mick Mulvaney, all the people who were on the call with between Trump and Zelensky. Yes. These are all. I I ear whatever witnesses to the crime. So the fact that the Senate is not allowing these people to me, I'm like, okay, so you let it be three days instead of two and you allowed the the evidence that's already there. Yeah. But it's really also very on the Trump side. It's like you're saying that he had a perfect call. You're saying that he did absolutely nothing wrong. So why not have members of his own staff who supposedly watched all of this perfection take place before their eyes (laughs) come and speak to that before the Senate. So it's like, it's very obvious that they don't, they're holding down, they're not cooperating at all. And another thing that's interesting is like McConnell keeps being like, this is like the Clinton trial. This is like the Clinton trial. But in the Clinton trial, they, the Clinton White House was not actively withholding so much witnesses and testimony and documents. So like, it's not the same. Trump literally stated at Davos, which is where he is. Mm -hmm. Probably wreaking havoc. The Swiss. The Swiss. Swiss, I'm sorry. (laughs) It was the Swedes who were in the, the, you know, the Bezos video. Right. Their flags. Right. Okay. Yes. He's Um, traumatizing the Swiss. I'm so sorry. Trump said while he was there that we have the documents and we won't give it to them. So what we're witnessing is the cover up of a cult. Mm hmm. Uh, they're they're following the cult leader blindly. 
And this is just, it's a sham trial. The whole thing is a complete sham. And the more they make it look like a sham, I actually think the more out of favor they fall with the American yes. people who mostly, 51% of people favor removal. Yes. Um, and I think like 60 something percent of people are in favor of witnesses yeah, and testimony. Yeah, I saw 71% at this point. For people under 30, uh, I think. Oh, say witness it. They want witnesses. So it's like people are... I think the one thing that Democrats can and are doing, because obviously we know the Senate is not going to remove him. I mean, something... The Senate is not going to remove him, so something crazy would have to happen for that to be the case. So I think the Democrats are doing the best that they can, which is number one... Adam Schiff, who's been doing just a wonderful job this so whole great. time. So great. He is really pushing this case for trying to get these witnesses in. That's like their Hail Mary. They're really just trying to get these witnesses in. And number two, they're making the case that it's like they are showing that the trial is a sham and a cover up so that when Donald Trump is exonerated, quote unquote, by the Senate and when he is, you know, when they vote not to remove him, the public is aware of how shady the trial was. Do you worry that it's uh, just a, an opinion? Do you worry that it's too far away from the election that people's memories will not carry? Yes, I agree. Yeah. But then I'm like, he probably will commit another crime. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, one of the things is like people's memories won't carry unless he doesn't shut the fuck up about it. He which won't. I don't think he that he will. He actually there's a. There's a group that monitors uh, his his tweets and his movements. And yesterday was a record day. Is the group day. us? <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, are we the group? Yeah, we are the group. Uh, yesterday was a record day. He tweeted more than he's ever tweeted in his entire presidency by 6 p.m. Wow. So he's doing great and he's mentally well. St stable genius. Very stable very genius. Very stable genius. I bought that book, by the way. I'm in the midst on Ooh. Kindle. Although I have very little time. So I'm not that far in, but... So let's you know. talk a little bit about the argument that they're making because the House impeachment managers have been working around the clock to make this argument that kind of centers around the idea that no one is above the law and that President Trump, in his actions with Ukraine, was trying to cheat in the 2020 election, which I think is a really, it's really important that they've like made that change because I they were talking about this on NPR today, but prior to this, they were always saying he was trying to solicit interference from a foreign government, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now they're just like, he tried to cheat yeah. in the 2020 election and that this is the precise reason that we have impeachment in the Constitution. Which, yeah, clearly. Yeah, because the Donald Trump's lawyers are going to argue that no crime was actually committed and that this is not impeachable and that the process is all wrong. But what they're trying to show is like, no, actually, if you look at the Constitution, this is exactly what impeachment was for. Even like logic doesn't allow you to like believe anything else. No. Because it's not even like this was some internal I must win Richard Nixon type of thing. It's like the whole point is for national security. And I thought Republicans yeah. were the party of national security. Right. What's he like happening? withheld military aid. So you, they're basically saying, yes, I'm OK with our president being owned by a foreign nation, which they clearly are because that's been the case for three yeah. years. As long as he's their party and he's in power, then judges, yes. judges. We got the judges. We're going to stop women from getting the abortion. Um, so I want to play a clip real, right now. This is Adam Schiff's closing remarks from yesterday. But I think it, do, it does a really good job of summing up just the Democrats case in general. The truth is going to come out. Indeed, the truth has already come out. But more and more of it will. More emails are going to come out. More witnesses are going to come forward. They're going to have more relevant information to share. And the only question is, 
Do you want to hear it now? You want to know the full truth now? You want to know just who was in the loop? So, yeah, I mean, that's I think that right now what Democrats are really trying to do is get some witnesses to be called and to push this a little bit longer because if witnesses get called, then this goes into middle February and Trump has to give his State of the Union while still on trial for impeachment. And I think that's what they're trying to well, hold out for. I think the real they're really going for Bolton. Yes. I mean, because he, he said he would he said that he would come if they call him. So <laughs> I don't. I mean, that's what really like that's where the cover up hinges, because it's like if you can't have this one guy who says he'll come and has said things that he directed Fiona Hill to go to a lawyer because he thought that what the president was doing was illegal. If you can't yeah. let this guy come like what are what is going on? Yeah, so I think that it really ultimately hinges on whether John Bolton shows up. Yeah. And whether they call him and whether we can convince Murkowski, Collins and Mitt, Mitt Romney and one more to Lamar, call, so Lamar, yeah, Alexander. To call him. I heard this take. On I almost MSNBC. just said Lamar Odom. <laughs> well, we want him if too. we can convince Lamar Odom, this thing is done. <laughs> Gonna blow right open. <laughs> I mean, what's so fascinating about it is that like the uh, there's continuing evidence that's not even in the House record. Like we had Lev Parnas not even a full week ago come out, or was that a week? how yeah. long ago was that? Who I don't knows? even know. Time is blood come circle. out and literally blow the whole thing up, and you haven't heard anything about that for two days for for days no and like that's because documents are actively being withheld from the house inquiry and the house like republicans are arguing they're like well the house should have tried to pursue those documents in the courts knowing full well that if the house had done that that would have taken years to do bad faith argument bad faith argument my hope is that assuming he does get acquitted bring more impeachment articles there's yeah. so much more right it's like just do it again done. also i'm sure if this is going on with with ukraine what's happening with iran saudi arabia north yeah. korea russia itself right apparently Deripaska is at davos this weekend so will it be a handler meeting yeah yeah exactly he'll he'll be talking to his boss yeah uh so another interesting thing that kind of went down when, when we're hearing schiff talking about you know, the Senate's responsibilities. He's a little bit trying to smooth over uh, something that went down one day before with Jerry Nadler. So in Jerry Nadler's kind of closing arguments late into the night, Nadler kind of went off on the Republicans and Trump's uh, legal team. So let's hear a clip of that. So far, I'm sad to say, I see a lot of senators voting for a cover-up, voting to deny witnesses. An absolutely indefensible vote, obviously a treacherous vote, a, tr a, vo a vote against an honest consideration of the evidence of the, against the president, a vote against an honest trial. Here, that's go that's going off. Apparently, I have a Real Housewives reunion to I show know. you if that's well, going I'm off. I'm like, show me the lie. But anyway, this caused a big problem. Lisa Murkowski said that she was a Offended. Oh no! She's she's mad. She's she's upset. Oh my god! That's What's going to happen? That was mean of him to say that I'm voting for a cover up when that all I'm doing is voting for a cover up. Lisa Murkowski, senator from Alaska. Meanwhile, one of Donald Trump's lawyers, Alan Dershowitz, said that if Donald Trump let Russia retake Alaska, it would not be impeachable. That is written down. I'll find. I'll find the source. I'll send it to you. <laughs> oh my god! He said it. Yeah. So Lisa, where where's your little state? Why why were you offended then? So yeah. Anyway, this 
became like an issue and it actually led to this next clip, which is Trump's lawyer, Pat Cipollone, uh, kind of rebutting this. And then Chief Justice Roberts kind of yelling at both of them, being like, I'm mad at both of you for arguing. So we have a clip of that. You're going to hear both those voices. Mr. Nadler came up here and made false allegations against our team. He made false allegations against all of you. He accused you of a cover-up. He's been making false allegations against the president. The only one who should be embarrassed, Mr. Nadler, is you for the way you've addressed this body. I think it is appropriate at this point for me to admonish uh, both the House managers and the president's counsel in equal terms uh, to remember that they are addressing the world's greatest deliberative body. One reason it has earned that title is because its members avoid speaking in a manner and using language that is not conducive to civil discourse. Okay. Yeah. Again, why are you here if you're literally not even going to stop the fact that this trial is a cover up? Right. It's like the whole thing's a sham. I mean, I don't know what Roberts is allowed to do, but it's. What is anyone allowed to do? I don't think allowed even counts anymore. But it is interesting to me that then Adam Schiff kind of started out yesterday and he made this statement because all these senators were like, quote unquote, offended. And we do need to not offend them so that they'll hopefully vote for witnesses. So (laughs) Adam Schiff started out on Wednesday and he's just like, you know, I just want to start out by praising the senators for sitting so nicely and for being quiet and like he basically was like i just want to say that senators rule like like, really backtrack from like this thing that happened where the senators got offended that is so i mean the it's apparently not all of the senators like 20 republican senators weren't even sitting in the chamber Oh, there were three Democratic senators who I think weren't in the sen- in the chamber just yeah. for you know because we're both sizing it over here. Um, but yeah, apparently I, like a lot of them aren't even like present. I read an article. And I wouldn't be present if all you told me I could have is water or milk either. But I, that is true. So number one, the biggest the biggest bombshell of this whole thing is that they're only allowed to drink water or milk, which is Why so milk? nasty. Can you put coffee in your milk? I feel like milk? that's an old school thing from when like people drank drank milk, milk and were it like must be. yeah before like the entire world became lactose and but there is a candy drawer yeah they are allowed to have candy they're really not supposed to be like getting up or moving around too much apparently some people have been spotted with crossword puzzles i mean i imagine it is boring to sit there you know anything's boring without my phone now that i'm addicted to it i feel like it pops off like a little bit it's like being on a plane and watching a movie yes it is elizabeth warren (laughs) (laughs) it could be um I think it's I I was reading an article that like they are having a hard time just like sitting there and sitting still. And I do think that it would be hard. I'm sure President Trump can share some of his Adderall. That's true. Maybe if he was if he really cared about this trial, he would share his Adderall with everyone. (laughs) Um, Uh, Related Democrats have rejected a suggestion that they want to call Joe Biden's son Hunter to testify in exchange for an appearance by John Bolton. Uh, Trump said he would be reluctant to allow Bolton to testify because he left the administration on bad terms due to me, not due to him. So he wants to be like, I was the dick. Just so that we're clear, I was a dick to him. 
it's like you're so weak you can't even admit that someone quit me here's the thing he can't even admit that someone quit his administration he has to have fired them even though we know he can't fire anyone right like without tweeting it yeah while they're on the toilet it's also so funny because it's like one of those things where like uh, to fire someone as they're quitting is actually bad business because now like you have to give them severance and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like, so dumb. It's like really dumb. Like if someone's quitting, you should just let, let them, them quit. quit. But right. he has to fire them in the middle because he can't like. But in a severance agreement, he would maybe be like sign, get an NDA in there. Yeah, that's also true. That's but also Donald MO. Trump is not paying severance to anyone. So no. he's never, he doesn't he's even pay even people. Pay his kids. I know he doesn't pay his contractors. He doesn't pay any, like he's, you're not getting your severance check from Donald yeah, Trump. Let me just I mean, tell you that right now. Here's the thing. The Hunter Biden thing is unsavory. And I actually think that it would end up being equated, much like the Hillary email thing, equated with what Trump has done. Yeah. So while I'm concerned about having Hunter Biden, um, there's also a part of me that doesn't think it matters because Joe Biden is the nominee and he doesn't need to be the nominee. Yeah. I mean, So why are we acting like this is the only option? It's all well. Adam Schiff has already come out and been like, "We're not going to do that." Like he, he's they're very against bringing Hunter Biden. But I've also heard that like Republicans aren't really into the idea of bringing Hunter Biden because it could just show how like much like, of a joke it yeah, is. Yeah, how like it like it could lay bare that like why is this guy here? He shouldn't even be here. This is very silly. When you have one witness like John Bolton who's literally dropping bombshells, 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 like saying all this crazy stuff and then Hunter Biden's just like, Yeah, I was on the board of Burisma and and then I wasn't anymore. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like he doesn't actually have any relevant information. So it's gonna look his testimony will look so dumb compared to a person who does have relevant information. That's why I'm not like that opposed to bringing him, but I understand a serious person like Adam Schiff might feel differently. I know, I think it's like there's a symbolic thing of like we shouldn't bring him because it's bullshit to bring him. But there is a part of me that's like, so what? Just bring him so that we can see Bolton. But I know that like people smarter than me and who know more than me are like, that's a bad idea. It's like the Democrats high road always. Yes. I'm always down for a knife fight. And I think that. (laughs) Sammy's always like, get get in the mud with me. Not with me. But like, get get in the mud with them. Right. Here's the thing. Like, I don't get why they don't. I mean, I guess on some level, I do understand why they don't get in the mud because they're trying to like preserve some sort of honor. But I'm like, Mitch McConnell would never. Yeah. And look at the look at the judge. Look at the courts now because Mitch McConnell would never. Right. So, but what's that Andrew Gillum quote? You should never wrestle with With a a pig pig. because you get dirty and the pig likes it. Yeah, that is that is the quote. That is a good right. I don't think we could ever get as dirty as them. He had a much more folksy and fun delivery to that. that, But I think that is correct. But but it's (laughs) but yeah. I guess even if we did get a little dirty, I feel like we could never get as dirty as them. Yeah. Because like there is a limit, and that is really Trump's biggest strength is that he has no limit. Yes. So should we talk about what's coming up next? Uh, yes. Uh, so today, I mean, it's happening already as we're recording. They're beginning to do the next day. More uh, milk and cookies. More, or no more cookies, milk, milk and candy. It's <laughs> 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 not a healthful meal. At do you think all. they allow like non-dairy milks, you know, almond, oat? Hopefully. I hope so. Me too. Especially but- for those senators from California. Right? Exactly. We need to we need to be evolving. We do. We need to be evolving on that. We um, do. So the 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 house managers, the the impeachment managers, they still have another 2 days. It's probably going to the people are saying it'll probably last into Saturday. Great. They'll be using all that which I don't I don't understand the exact schedule because it's like so they're going to keep going on Saturday and then Donald Trump's 
defense will take over. And that, have you seen, are, are you familiar with Chicago? The, the musical? Oh, am I? I Billy just keep Flynn. imagining <laughs> like Richard Gere, like being like, give, give them, them the old razzle dazzle. <laughs> How can they see with sequins <laughs> in their eyes? <laughs> I'm just like, I like, um, because Adam Schiff has been delivering this like, impassioned measured wonderful defense Val Demings has been incredible all of them I have been incredible her. they're doing a great job talking about it and I'm just I like Give it's gonna be like circus 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 pocus. exactly exactly <laughs> it's so true that's just, a great I just keep thinking about Billy Flynn like d- where they're like and now a tap dance and he like go, <laughs> he does like that insane dance I'm just like so, that's what Alan Dershowitz exactly yeah yeah Alan Dershowitz <laughs> Here's and now a tap dance <laughs> And now, Little St. James Island. Yeah, it's... uh, Um, Let's talk about, meanwhile, President Trump is at Davos, Switzerland for the World Economic Forum. Yeah. Um, Talking shit to Greta Thunberg. Yeah. So he is... He's... Yeah. She was uh, apparently, like, sitting in the audience during his, like, wacko press conference. You know, what we put this poor girl through when she should just be at school with her friends. I know. <laughs> she has to worry about I know, like she's got to talk to Trump. Oh, continents God. on fire. Exactly. Terrible. She should write a book. I know. She should be doodling in the margins of a notebook. She should be having Writing cre- some guy's last name with exactly, her own. Exactly. Exactly. She <laughs> should be trying to pick out prom Dresses. homecoming outfits. She doesn't have to be doing this. Yeah. Midnight madness. Road <laughs> exactly. rally. <laughs> Dangerous scavenger hunts that will haunt you for life, Greta. Exactly. <laughs> Although right? she's like, life's not going to be that long. <laughs> I know. She's like, I don't have time for crushes. Yeah. <laughs> There's no time to fall in love. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Trump praised Elon Musk, calling him a genius. He likes rockets. He's also doing the rockets. He does good at rockets, too. By the way, this is a man in decline. Um, he also He's said, good at rockets. You know, we have to protect Thomas Edison and we have to protect all of these people that came up with originally the light bulb and the wheel and all of these things. This is about Elon Musk. Okay. I Okay, this is a jumbled brain. The brain is not firing correctly anymore. Um, He's good at rockets. He's good at rockets. I don't know what to say about that. Um, he said he would love to be president at his own trial. Uh, even though you know you're welcome to come, I mean, no, we're we want you. That that would be amazing if you showed up. He said he could sit in the front row and stare into their corrupt faces. Faces. This reminds me of when he said he was going to testify to Mueller, and he ba- he barely like you know wrote anything in his written questions, yeah. and yet still Mueller found ten instances of obstruction of justice. <laughs> yeah. So imagine had he spoken to him. I do love all like I love living in the world of the things Trump says he's going to do where he does show up at the trial and he does sit there. It's like that would be amazing. You know, you could recommend that to the writers of our cartoon president. Yeah. Yeah. Where Trump does show up. Yeah. I'll let him know. Um, He also called Jerry Nadler a sleazebag and Mr. Schiff a con job and a corrupt politician. Um, Like you said, he has beaten his record of tweets. Um, 142 tweets before 630 p.m. yesterday. That is hard. I couldn't do it right? if I... And he's at a of, summit. Give it, he's like, he's multitasking. In one world. And yeah. He's not really at a summit mentally. Yeah, 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 he's, yeah. He's not present there. I mean... His physical body is present there, but where his mind is, we have no idea. Exactly. That's why he's just like, rockets, he, we got... This guy's good at rockets. We got to protect the light bulb. <laughs> and the people wheel. Are, people are flushing the toilet a thousand times. He just starts saying... What, He's not, he will not He's stop about so the toilets. Confused. He brings it up at every rally. So, He's bringing up toilets. I, I know. I, I know. His rallies have, uh, 
I can't. It's it's actually satire. Like there's no. I don't have words for it. I know. I, I want to know the root of the thing with the toilets. There must have been some sort of trauma. He had an incident. He clogged a toilet somewhere, and now it's he can't stop. He clogged a toilet like a few weeks ago. Yeah. I think because it's been it, it was never a thing before. Yeah, and now he's like everybody's having problem with to- problems with toilets, and it's like no, you clogged one toilet. One (laughs) in the White House, and maybe like someone walked in and saw, and now he's like he's embarrassed, and I get it. Yeah, listen, that's happened. It's embarrassing. I get it. All right, so now that we spent you know a minute and thirty seconds of this podcast on the toilets, we're no better than (laughs) the president. I know. Honestly, he's done it. He's done it. Now we're talking about the toilet. He's brought us down to the mud. We're in the mud talking about the fucking. We're in the toilet with him, swirling (laughs) around. Oh God. Okay, so we. Uh, want to move on to a segment that you know we've done in the past mm-hmm. Whoa Back Thursday yes so one of Trump's lawyers is Ken Starr of the famous Star Report yes. which um, detailed uh, Bill Clinton's relations with Ms. Lewinsky mm-hmm. and we will just play this clip Trump describing his own lawyer in 1999 yeah I think Ken Starr is a lunatic. I really think that Ken Starr is a disaster. Uh, I hated the way the president handled it. It was a long and terrible process. I I really think that Ken Starr was terrible. Okay. What's wrong with Ken Starr that he's willing to, to work for this man? Well, Ken Starr. Money? Like, he's not I mean, all paid. these people have no... They don't even... The thing is, they have Scruples. so few allegiances that they they don't even have an allegiance to themselves. It's like Ted right. Cruz calling for Trump after Trump was like, you got an ugly wife and your dad killed JFK. It's like Mitt Romney at that sad meeting after he was like so mean to Mitt Romney. It's like they're so... They lack in scruples so much that it's like they don't even... They're not even... Standing themselves. Yes. <laughs> if you can't love yourself, how can you love others? Yes, exactly. It's like they haven't been reading any Instagram quote cards or I anything. Know. Maybe that's like the real root of this problem. Is, is that the, they don't understand technology or Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, they, we are back at the beginning of the episode again. Exactly. We need to get these people following some more motivational accounts, some self-care self-worth. practices, some self-love. You know, you, you know, you can say what you want about millennials, but I think we understand... Maybe we don't have it, but we do understand self-love. Yeah, we know that it's good. We know that we want it. We're in the pursuit of it. Whereas these uh, these people, they're tamping it down. It's like this man said, you're you're a lunatic disaster. He's like, I have a price. And as long as the president doesn't pay it, I'll defend him. (laughs) It is very Billy Flynn. He's like, if you have $5,000, I'll represent you. You're so... That's his whole thing. But you don't got $5,000. But then he lowers his price because he's like, lame <laughs> there's also that line where billy flynn is like i can you guys tell that i just watched chicago this like two days ago movie one, it's really it's, one of my, favorite, one of my movies. favorite movies of all time where he's like all i'm saying is if jesus christ lived in chicago today and he had five thousand dollars things would have turned out differently yes. <laughs> you watch it like from my adult head yes yeah such a good movie and uh, so uh, applicable to this particular trial it's true all right one more thing one more thing guys there's a scary virus. <laughs> There's a scary virus plaguing. Coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's called. I feel like we haven't officially nailed down the name of it, but I've been seeing it called the Wuhan coronavirus. I just heard the coronavirus. The coronavirus. I've also heard Wuhan coronavirus. And the reason it's called that is because this virus started in a place called Wuhan, China. This actually is a city of like 11 million people. 
Wow. And uh, it's a SARS-like virus. Throwback to SARS. Uh, mm. Avian flu, we, SARS, yeah, Ebola. swine flu, all those. We've had these before. We, we, we've seen this before. But as of today, Wuhan and uh, four other Chinese cities are on complete lockdown. So that's 11 million people in Wuhan and 20 million people total. 600 people have been inf- infected by the coronavirus. 17 people have died. It has spread to Taiwan, Japan, Thailand, Singapore, South Korea, and one guy has it in Washington State. Well, it's good he's across the country from us. Yeah, well, Jay Inslee had to give a little speech, and he was like, don't panic, but there is one guy in Washington State that has it, and we... At first, they thought it traveled via animals, but now we do think it travels human to human, which is scary. And another thing that's complicating the whole situation and the reason why they had to, like, put this big travel lockdown on these areas, like trains aren't going in and out buses, is because the Chinese Lunar New Year is this weekend, which is basically, like, their... Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. Like, it's their big travel weekend. Yeah. So it's, like, typically, truly... I mean, China's enormous, like millions of people travel to and from different locations to see family to go wherever they're going for the holidays, basically. Don't they get like the month off? Like people, I think they might people who work in like like these factory villages. Get, they get, get a month. They get a month off. They go home. Yeah, I think that like I think that that this is that's what yes, it is. This is China's big travel weekend it's holiday of season. The year. Exactly. So it's Deck like the halls. It's a huge deal because potentially all of these people would have been traveling and maybe some of them will. And, you know, obviously it's just something to keep an eye on. But, uh, yeah, the we'll coronavirus will keep you posted about the coronavirus. And if now, you see us wearing masks around. Yeah. You'll know. You'll know. I know. I've never actually gone so Neither. far as to wear the mask. Neither. And I am highly paranoid. So it's. Yeah. I remember when swine flu was a thing, they shut down the University of Delaware campus for a day because like one person had swine flu and there were people wearing masks. I would have been one of them. Yeah. I was just like, sweet, we don't have to go to class. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. It was like my freshman year. Um, all right. I think that's, that's I think the end it is. of our portion of the episode. But please stick around. Stay tuned for our interview with Congressman. Eric Swalwell. And sign up for the Betches Up email, betches.co slash sub sign up. Elise writes it. It's hilarious. Even Eric Swalwell's wife is getting it. Yep. So let's get on so it. So what, what more endorsement could you need? Nothing. All right, guys, stick around for Congressman Swalwell. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? 
I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Okay, we are back. This is Amanda. And Brian. And we are here with Congressman Eric Swalwell. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome. Yeah, Welcome. Thank you so we're much for being here. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you. As you guys know, this is our first congressman. No way. <laughs> or a woman. Yes, really? Yes, our Good. first congressperson. If I don't screw it up, uh, yeah. I won't be the last. Yes, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Awesome. So we wanted to take advantage of you being here and just jump right into, I think, what everyone wants to talk about and wants to hear about, which is where we are with impeachment right now, yep. today, this morning. So yesterday, the majority leader, Mitch McConnell, it seemed like he had been urged from some of his Republican colleagues to make some changes to the rules resolution. And they seemed like small things, but it seems like Mitch McConnell doesn't really do anything unless he's sure it's going to go his way. So even though these seem like minor concessions, I'm wondering if you think it reveals like any real division in the caucus right now and how that might play out. You know, that's what's so frustrating is uh, there are so many enablers who are letting it go his way. You know, all it takes... Uh, all it would take would be uh, four Republican senators to say, you know what, we probably should have witnesses and evidence and documents and maybe even let the senators ask questions at this trial. But uh, no one, you know, not one Republican uh, voted against Mitch McConnell yesterday. And that's pretty uh, disturbing. And so I, I think, you know, he's going to do all he can to protect the president uh, and protect himself. Um, and that's what for me has been so frustrating is that uh, throughout this whole process, I think we've shown overwhelmingly that the president used his office, asked a foreign government to help him cheat an election, put his own interest above the national interest, and no Republican has been willing to stand up against him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're, I think it's mostly because they don't want to lose their job. Mm-hmm. And that that's what's so frustrating. Do you think that uh, uh, working with Mitch McConnell on all these things really helps in their favor, especially for like Senator Collins or Senator Gardner. Yeah, I feel like I've heard two different narratives. Like you talk about somebody like Cory Gardner, who's probably the most vulnerable. You hear two different things like they're vulnerable because they don't go along with, but they also want to show that they're they have a mind of their own. So which side do you think will have a more a bigger effect on their? Well, I'll I'll share with you. uh, I spoke with a uh, Republican House member the other day and. I said you did. I, I know. I know we, talk, I mean, <laughs> we do. I try to. It's been tough since yeah. uh, Trump was elected. And, and I just asked. He brought up impeachment uh, with me, and I asked uh, what he thought about uh, Cory Gardner and if Cory Gardner was going to go uh, at least for witnesses and whatnot. And this guy said to me, "It's like just so 
demoralizing. He said, well, you know, you got to go with the base first. Ugh. And it's just like, what about going with the right thing first? Yeah, like, right. What a concept. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I think the way, sadly, that a lot of these folks look at it is that, you know, if I go with doing the right thing, I lose my Republican base and, you know, they're mm-hmm. afraid of what that looks like. They mm-hmm. think that looks like Donald Trump tweeting uh dipshit trump jr <laughs> retweeting yeah. uh-huh. and now all of a sudden you have you know just this cavalry you know coming at you um mm-hmm. from the trump supporters and then you're mark sanford right the republican from south carolina who barely like stuck his neck out against yeah. trump and trump tweeted at him he lost his primary sanford's out of a job and he's like okay like what what did i mm-hmm. get out of that and so I, I think if doing the right thing is not fulfilling for you then you're just going to go along with like what keeps Trump off my Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah. Around here we call Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski the disappointing duo <laughs> because they will, now it's such a pattern where especially Senator Collins will signal some sort of support. Although it does seem like yesterday she was kind of a force behind getting some of those rules changed and the hours expanded. Do you think just this signal, this show of skepticism is enough for them? I think they think it's enough yeah. for them. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, I will give credit to Murkowski because on Kavanaugh, I think mm-hmm. she, she did what was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do actually believe that she is independent. If you remember, um, she had lost in a Republican primary because someone said she was not conservative enough. And she was like, okay, I have yeah. the last name Murkowski, but I'm going to run as a write-in. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. worked. Like, yeah. People actually wrote in the name Murkowski, which is not like, you know, Jones. Yeah. And she won. And yeah. so she mm-hmm. has like independent, you know, cred, I think, on this. Um, so I, I tend to, when she says something, I believe that a little bit more than Collins. Um, but it, it is disappointing that we have now a, this trial with no witnesses, no evidence, and no questions that senators can ask. Yeah, and what's also fascinating to me is that I think because of the Kavanaugh trial and some of the interactions that went down around the chamber with the press, there isn't press allowed in that area this time, right? Yeah. To avoid Mitch learns, Jeff, yeah. yeah, to yeah. avoid mm-hmm. you know a, another cornering of Jeff Flake that actually did seem to move him. Yeah. And I, I was yeah. thinking when I was reading about this, it's like, are they worried about the optics? Or are they actually worrying about a, a, a senator getting sincerely swayed yeah. to maybe consider it? They're worried about uh, impressions, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, let's not have any more viral moments. Right, so right. We'll just take yeah. all the cameras out. <laughs> Is there anything about the way that Mitch McConnell has handled this that has surprised you? Uh, he moves with public sentiment. I mean, I, I do believe that at the end of the day, he wants to be reelected himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he's a creature of Washington. He, he's been yeah. there for so long. He probably can't imagine not being a leader in Washington. So if Kentuckians are calling his office, going to his town halls, if he would have any, storming you know, the Capitol as Kentuckians and saying, we want this, I think that moves him more uh, than anything. I, I think the fact that uh, they did that uh, when Speaker Pelosi held back the articles and said, "You should have, you, sh- you know, you should at least not have a dismissal. You should have a, a trial." Is what moved us to this because I think his inclination was, "Let's just have a, a vote to dismiss all of this, not even mm-hmm. hear anything." Um, but at the end of the day, that you know, I think he knows what the red line is for his own base, and they don't want to hear what John Bolton or Mick Mulvaney have to say. You know, these are the people, right. by the way, who actually saw firsthand, heard firsthand you know, what the president was up to with the Ukrainians. And if you're the president and you have people who could clear you, mm-hmm. you would say, go to the Senate, tell them everything you know. Yeah. But they, they can't clear him. So mm-hmm. he's doing what any guilty person would do, which is like to block them if he can. And he's got, yeah. you know, 
haters and abettors than mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell. Do you think Mitch McConnell is more concerned about himself winning re-election than Donald Trump? You know, yes, yeah, yes. I, I think that's true. And um, c- containing that power in the in the Senate. But I, I think again, this is what has been so frustrating for me is that I, I see so many colleagues, and, and during the Russian investigation, I went privately to a lot of Republican friends I had. This is right after Donald Trump's elected, and I told them, you know, we should have an independent commission to look at what Russia did. Like it's just mm-hmm. too toxic in Washington. You know, mm-hmm. it's just red jerseys versus blue jerseys. Let's put this in the hands of experts uh, to look at what they did and, and hopefully not let them do it again. And a lot of my Republican friends told me, you know, like, I agree with you. What they did was bad. And one woman on the Intelligence Committee said to me, you know, the problem, though, is that when he tweets, he wins. And they're just telling me and signaling that their job is more important than anything else, which is frustrating mm-hmm. because you would think, like, if you're in Congress, maybe this is not the only job you could get. Maybe there's other things right. that you could do. Yeah. <laughs> right. But that's that's been the most frustrating thing to me. And I guess a reminder to me that if we're ever in a position like this as Democrats and we have a corrupt leader, to like remember how it feels to see them not stand up mm-hmm. to their you know their leader and yeah. to, to promise that I would, even if it wasn't comfortable and even if it meant losing my job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there any chance that you know after this if you know, the Senate moves to acquit him, that the House would bring up more articles of impeachment? Well, we're focused on these right now. Yeah. Because we, we believe that by asking foreigners to help you cheat an election, that that is probably one of the gravest threats to our country because that election is, you know, still coming at us. It's not like mm-hmm. what happened yeah. in 2016 where you're looking back at an election. This is actually, it's like a, a train wreck that you can, like, stop, right? It's like mm-hmm. you can actually push this button and stop the train. He literally had this phone call the day after yeah. Mueller testified yeah. and was yeah. like, and people were like, there wasn't much to that. So I always just think about what does he do the day after he's acquitted? Yep. Mm-hmm. That, I, and what is he already doing now? Because yeah. he thinks yeah. that he's going to be acquitted. No, I, and I was asked a lot of times, um, you know, why are you supporting impeachment when you know what the outcome is going to be in the Senate? And, and one, I don't, I don't want to write the senators off completely i mean I, yeah. I think we know what they're going to do but i don't want to yeah i don't I, I didn't want to just say okay well we're not going to impeach him because we know what they're going to do I, I think they should actually have to take that vote and they're all gonna have to take that vote mm-hmm. and they're all gonna have to live with that vote exactly yeah. and they're gonna have to answer you know to their constituents but one thing we know about donald trump is when you stand up to him uh he tends to back down mm-hmm. and so when the whistleblower came forward up until that point the ukrainians were not getting their aid right mm-hmm. but whistleblower comes forward Ukrainians get the aid. And so the, the message to me is when he gets caught, like he stops. And so if we can just keep holding him accountable, like who knows what corruption we've stopped already because, you know, he's been impeached. But I, I, I do fear, as, as you said, that, um, you know, it's like in his favorites, Vladimir Putin, Kim mm-hmm. Jong-un on his phone and like days impeached. It's like, yeah. hey, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, totally. Three-way chat. <laughs> like, yeah. What can we do now? Right, right. Um, so... Let's not let him do that. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so you talked about sort of the process of getting all of the Congress or the caucus on board with yeah. impeachment. And I think we all remember there was sort of like a couple days after the whistleblower complaint where we're all watching sort of the tickers on WAPO and everywhere go yeah. up of, of, of enough Democrats to move this through. Can you sort of like give us a little, what was going on behind the scenes? What is that like? What's the environment like when you're all sort of trying yeah. to decide how to move forward, especially when this has been in the air for so long? I, I would I would say the tipping point was when we call them the national security Dems. So mm-hmm. you had about seven uh, 
newly elected Democrats who had served in the military or you know, worked mm. at the CIA. And when they came forward as a group and wrote a, you know, opinion piece in the in the Washington Post, that I think was what put us, you know, over. Uh, I, I, I would say that was the mm-hmm. that was the momentum we needed mm-hmm. uh, to impeach. And when Speaker Pelosi saw that, I think she she knew that she could say that. Look, you have these people; they are risk they're risking losing their jobs mm-hmm. because they did not run on impeachment. None of us ran on impeachment, but they're the most vulnerable dem- Democrats just elected. And when they're saying, look, like, we just can't let this guy do this, um, enough is enough. For me personally, it, it was not the Mueller report. That was, I mean, I, I thought that was damaging, but I, I, part of me just worried about, like, what happens if you're just going back in time and it looks like you're trying to, you know, relitigate the mm-hmm. 2016 election as bad as what he did was. It was when he sat down with George Stephanopoulos mm-hmm. and said in June that if he could receive help from a foreign government again, uh-huh. he mm-hmm. would do it. And I was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And we knew he was, like, and we knew he was yeah. seeking it. Yeah. Yes. And, and so what's so, you know, uh, interesting about that, that's why I called for impeachment was that he actually was doing that at the time. Mm-hmm. So Stephanopoulos just didn't, you know, he was close. He had no reason to ask like, well, are you doing that with the Ukrainians? Because if Trump was being honest, that's what he was doing at the time mm-hmm. was, you know, running this uh, shakedown of the Ukrainians. So, uh, that's why I supported it, and it turns out I think you know that was the that was going on. Well, and he he just said it on the on the lawn. Yeah, you know, like and also China. He threw in China. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, by like, the way, you guys have a lot of resources. You can help out too. Yeah. Like, that's so you think that would be that would be it, but yeah. you know, yeah. So you were on the intelligence committee. Yeah. So you were present for all of those hearings, and you know we tend to watch them well, for better or for worse, looking at some punditry and you know the things that get amplified by social media and then also just by digital media. You know, I always wonder if they're also the things that felt really powerful in the room because yeah. there were a lot of things that, that definitely you could tell just watching had a real weight to them. But I'm wondering if there were any moments mm-hmm. during that hearing that like really took the air out of the room that had like a huge impact on on you and everyone else in the room. So. When Ambassador Yovanovitch was testifying and, you know, I mean, I'm listening to her, but I also have my phone at the dais and I see the president Mm -hmm. has tweeted at her and she's literally still giving her opening statement. Uh, And so I I showed someone on the intelligence committee staff, you know, the tweet and the staffers. I mean, we were all just like, is he really doing this? Yep, he's doing this. And so... You know, they showed the tweet to Chairman Schiff and, you know, to just look at Ambassador Ivanovich as she's bravely testifying and she doesn't know yet that he's tweeted at her. And then to see the chairman, who I, I, I don't believe wanted to have to do this, but like was like, this is like in real time and you should be able to respond because he's attacking you. Um, and to just see like the look on her face and like you could tell like she was just mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. sat up a little bit straighter. Um, held her shoulders a little bit taller, uh, but I can't imagine what it's like to be a, a public servant and have the president like attack you, like literally as you're testifying. And, and just the strength that she showed and the courage that she showed, and she didn't back down. And he did it because he, again, he's a bully and he's trying to, you know, get mm-hmm. people like her to back down. But I'll, I'll never forget that. Um, just watching, you know, how strong she was. And then when she got up at the end of testifying and walked out, it. Two days before Taylor and Kent had testified, and their testimony was powerful. Um, but when she, when Ambassador Ivanovich got up and testified uh, after testifying and walked out, 
the room just erupted mm-hmm. in applause. And I mean, it just it gives me goosebumps thinking about it today. And she just walked out, I think, with the satisfaction that despite being told not to come testify, despite being threatened mm-hmm. while she was testifying by the president, she still told the truth. And it moved others, I, I think, to see that. So mm-hmm. that, that, that to me is courage. That's yeah. why we're going to get out of this mess is we have more people in America like her than Donald Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I would say that was one, uh, an example of when his tweets didn't help him. No, you know, everyone no. was like, well, I don't think that's a good idea, bro. Like, maybe yeah. don't. Yeah. Maybe just shut up for a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, the Republicans in like their efforts to do anything to defend him, because uh-huh. uh, there were some who said, I didn't like that he did that. Okay. <laughs> that shows who he is. And yeah. that's why he's in this mess is because he does stuff like that. But within 30 minutes of him doing that, I saw Republican colleagues saying, well, you can't really. I mean, if she didn't see it. <laughs> Then it's not really a threat, right? Oh I mean, my that, god! That was that, yeah. they said that. Yeah, yeah. they actually said that. Um, I, I think they just. But now he's like, and his tweets. Rough. Yeah. yeah, and his tweets are like official statements. Yes. So it's yeah. he's gonna say it. She's gonna I know. Say yeah. It. He's only yeah. like one of the reasons he's allowed to tweet like that is because Twitter considers them official statements. Are, but then when he right. does, people are like it's not official statements. Right. right. <laughs> Do your Republican colleagues just like dread a notification? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so many of them are, um, I mean, it, it is be, it, in the first year, yes. Mm-hmm. But I think now um, they've, they've just been so, I, I hate to use the word cult. Uh, one of my colleagues on the Intelligence Committee, actually, um, Jackie Spear, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, she knows what a, what a cult is. And, and she gets really upset when Devin Nunes you know, calls our impeachment process you know, a cult. But they are the Republicans I've seen, they're just now blindly following him. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine in the military described it as a rear guard action that they see the writing on the wall that, you know, he's probably going down in mm-hmm. 2020. Um, 2017, Doug Jones wins in Alabama. 2018, mm-hmm. we win the midterms. 2019, we win in Virginia. We win in Kentucky. And this military friend's theory is that um, in some armies, in some countries, when you're in the rear guard and you're, you're going to lose, you just throw the, the rules out the window mm. and you just figure like, well, we're going down, so we might as well just you know, take yeah. pillage, plunder, everything. And that, his theory is that that's the mindset of so many of them is they, they just think that Trump has taken them down. I still think there is reward in this country and for yourself, most importantly, for just doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And like, we don't have enough people doing that. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you touched on this before about, um, you know, making sure that they have to vote on impeachment, the yeah. senators, because we now see it now playing out in the presidential election with the Iraq war vote. And it's just, I'm, I just don't understand because I'm like, you know, Donald Trump is not going to be president forever, hopefully. I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, so you'd think that there would just be some sort of, you know, thought process and, you know, planning prior planning for the future but it just doesn't seem to be happening i think about that a lot like are they you know does lindsey graham think like i've already said so much that how do i recover my legacy but i think that's wrong i think you can they can restore it by because now it would be an even bigger gesture it would be even bigger and again i i just think about at the end of the day i have to go you know to bed at night and like truly think about like decisions Mm -hmm. i made And, and there's decisions i've made in the past um I think that I regret and would do differently if, if I could. Um, but 
to be in their position where again it's just it's just a blind loyalty mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know i, I yeah mm-hmm. i don't think history is gonna look kindly on them there was a an interesting piece a couple weeks ago about all the toadies of trump and like all the people that you know history will probably judge as being the enablers mm-hmm. and you know you, and i go home to my wife and i'm like we're not fucking crazy, right? Like we're, yeah, like, I know. this is all, this is not mm-hmm. right. Like it, it's, we're not crazy to stand up to this guy. Yeah. And, and again, my wife, I mean, she works in business. She helps, you know, she, we have a two-year-old and a one-year-old and she always, I think, gives me like the right perspective on this. And she's like, no, like this is just, this is wrong. And, like, mm. and keep standing up to him. Yeah. Yeah. Once tides did seem to turn to favor in, yeah. in favor of impeachment, it seemed like it was like we're doing this in spite of, of yeah. any political consequences yeah. because it's our constitutional duty. Nancy Pelosi said repeatedly, the speaker, like, we have to. We don't have a choice. This is yeah. our job and we have to do it. Obviously, senators don't share the same perspective on their jobs. But do you think that the extent of that political impact and what people anticipate, what lawmakers anticipated it would be is the same? Or do you think that everything that has come out has maybe – Maybe it's not going to hurt as bad, or do we not know yet? I believe that everything we know about this case is that witnesses beget more witnesses mm-hmm. and documents beget more documents. So when a witness does have the courage to come forward, we usually learn more, and it shows more corruption. Uh, when documents are you know, either through the press obtained, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, some of these Just Security, this is an organization that's you know, doing public information requests, when we get those documents, it shows more documents we should get to show the corrupt scheme. We haven't seen a witness come forward and say, actually, you know what, guys, you got this all wrong. He actually had a really good reason for doing this. Let me tell you why. That's never happened. Um, so to me, that means keep getting witnesses, keep getting documents. The, one of my favorite parts of this whole story is uh, David Holmes. So he's the U.S., I think, political officer in Ukraine. And... His boss, Ambassador Taylor, comes to testify to us in a deposition. Closed deposition at the time. He testifies publicly, but closed deposition at the time. And he ta- and Taylor talks about everything he heard about the president's scheme, that he wanted uh, investigations you know, for Ukraine to get their White House meeting. And the depositions released publicly. We posted on our website for the Intelligence Committee. And David Holmes was just a curious guy, like, hey, my boss went to Washington, he testified, I wonder what he said, like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. He's reading the deposition and sees, like, all these gaps in, like, what Taylor knows, because Taylor just didn't have firsthand knowledge. And he reads in the paper that the Republicans are saying over and over, oh, everything that the Democrats know is just hearsay, they don't have any real witnesses. And it's truly like a hold my beer moment. Like, actually, guys, yeah. <laughs> I, I heard some stuff, like, right. I, I have firsthand knowledge. The only way that Holmes would have been able to come forward was if... Taylor testified Mm -hmm. and Holmes saw the gaps. And so Holmes tells us, actually, I heard Donald Trump on a phone call the day after he talked to President Zelensky saying, where are we with the investigations? Like, that's pretty important evidence. And we only learned that because Taylor came forward. So witnesses beget witnesses. Yeah. Documents beget documents. And the only reason you would want to prevent someone from coming in, I think, if you're the president, is because they can't help you. Right, right. Even mm-hmm. like listening to Lev Parnas on Maddow the other day, he has, you know, a dubious <laughs> credibility, but he also said he was like, well, like the other guy said, you can hear Trump when he's talking on the phone. And it's like two people <laughs> saying that is is a different, to me, is a different world than one person yes. saying something when you have two people. 
Yeah, it's like every older person on the phone. Yeah. Just like screaming because they can't hear. Yeah. 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 It's, then like, I'm like, it's not that unbelievable. Yeah, right. Right. No, it's not at all. Right. It, I believed it yeah. anyway. But when yeah. you have a second person that's like, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Because I think there was one um, congressman who asked um, David Holmes, well, what did he say next? What did he say next? Like trying to just discredit whether or not he could hear. He's like, oh, actually, I'll tell you what he said next because it was that yeah. memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Well, then, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. If you hear Donald Trump screaming on the phone and you're overhearing it, you're probably right. going to be like, well, it's like, it's like, he, I didn't hear what he said, but Gordon Sondland just told me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything I couldn't hear Sondland. Like, right. Yeah, right. Right. He talked directly at me. Rings of truth is what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lev Parnas, again, you should be skeptical oh, yeah. of someone like Lev Parnas. I mean, mm-hmm. actually, after all, he was, you know, in, in their gang. He was yeah. a part of that crew. But, when what he's saying has been corroborated by yeah. the documents that we have, which aren't going to lie. And again, there's just, you know, parts of his story that you just close your eyes and you listen to it. And you're like, that, that sounds mm-hmm. like he's telling the truth. And when Parnas was talking about being frog marched out of his house by the FBI in like the dead of the morning. And he's being walked past this shrine he has in his house to Donald Trump. And his wife's looking at him like, <laughs> how, like we've given all this money to this guy yeah. and his police are right. arresting you mm-hmm. and Parnas said how humiliating that was to me it was like this guy he's come forward because of pride yeah, like to him yeah. he gave a lot of money to Trump he went to every party he's like in, apparently in every picture Donald Trump has ever taken Lev Parnas like, <laughs> yeah. hey, I think I have pictures yeah. of Lev Parnas somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think he was at like yeah Queen but, Elizabeth's yeah. like yeah. you know coronation yeah. um, he really knows how to find that light you know yeah. um yeah. Yeah, and you see it with a lot of his, you know, cronies, you know, Michael Cohen, and it's just... Well, we've been saying that he he surrounds himself with primarily, if not exclusively, shady people. Therefore, mm-hmm. all witnesses that have information about him are shady and not right. credible. Yeah. Right. It's totally brilliant. It's honestly works. It's worked. It's been very effective. Yeah. And it's I honestly, hired the best people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael Cohen, he didn't do any big deals. He, yeah. yeah. Honestly, he really did a great job casting, though, for like a future biopic because yeah. it's, it's true. Just, it's it's going like, to be fun. I when you hear when I heard, I, I obviously didn't know what Lev Parnas sounded like, and when I heard him speak, I was like, "Of course, he, he sounds like a parody like, yeah, of what yeah. he would sound like." Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what do your constituents ask about impeachment? What concerns do they have? Uh, frankly, that it's not <laughs> happening fast enough. That's mm-hmm. not going fast enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is just rooted in the destruction the president has done to the country, mm-hmm. and you know, just I mean, it. it He's being impeached for what he did. He he is impeached. He was yes. impeached mm-hmm. for what he did with Ukraine. But I, I think just it's being a corrupt uh, leader. And, and that corruption, you know, takes shape in how he, you know, carries out the Muslim ban or, you know, separates families or unnecessarily escalates, you know, a conflict with Iran. I, I think... You know, all of that is why they just want him gone. And it doesn't look like he's going to be removed, you know, by the Senate, but we can remove him at the ballot box. Mm-hmm. And that day is coming and it's coming. Uh, we're closer to that day than we are to the day that he, you know, started office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is going to be a big year. It's going to be a trying and testing year for the country. But I think people will, they will redeem and see redemption in uh, democracy by. Yeah you know, moving their feet to the ballot boxes and ridding us of this nightmare. Yeah. Speaking of that, for our yes. last question, let's say the, do- yes. the Democratic nominee is does become president. Whoever she may be. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. 
what do you tell you ran for president yes. primarily on a platform of it was like reform. for a cup of coffee yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you for remembering it <laughs> yeah. of course of course what do you that person that president comes to you and says congressman smallwell help me what do i do in my first 100 days to make americans safer yeah. what do you tell them um do something on gun violence and i think that issue sadly only gets action and attention after tragedies and then of course you're up what you're up against is you know, a side on the, Repu- the Republican side saying, well, when the tragedies happen, like now is not the time or you're using this, you know, for your agenda. And when you have a mass shooting every day, that's really to their benefit because then you can never take action. But we have not had a president yet, I think, who makes ending gun violence like a top issue that mm-hmm. you don't respond to when there's a tragedy, but you actually say, I don't know when the next shooting is going to be, but no child right now should be ducking under their desk because they think that one might happen today or doing drills around it. And so um, I, would, I would say lead on that, show leadership on that, and the country's behind you. And, and we're seeing that in Virginia, right? I mean, they're, they're going through this, you know, the, the people are coming out mm-hmm. of, um, you know, the woodwork to show up carrying their guns to intimidate the people that elected, you know, a gun safety majority in the Virginia legislature, uh, but they have a gun safety majority. And mm-hmm. uh, my hope with the two-year-old and the one-year-old is that when my kids are in high school that they're not doing those drills that they will actually that I I want this question from my son her daughter I want them to ask me as teenagers dad did kids really have to duck Mm -hmm. under their desks for drills around guns like how did that like what was that like because I I want it to be so foreign to them Uh, and so that if I do my job and the next president does their job I I think that'll be my children's uh, reality something they won't have to live with Great. Congressman, thank you so much for being here. Uh, before we go, where can our listeners find you on yeah. social media? Uh, at Eric Swalwell mm-hmm. uh, on Insta. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where I find you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on Instagram, and uh, that's where you can find me. And that's where I try and you know just update people about how we're not helpless. Yeah. And we actually have already done a lot by winning the majority in the House. And there's a lot more to do in this big, big year. And you yeah. have a pretty fire Twitter feed, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, at Rep Swalwell uh, on Twitter. I write all those tweets. Yeah. My staff would love to change the password. <laughs> Um, but I tell them I'm on the intelligence committee. Like, right. I'll always stay one step ahead of them on that. Great. Yeah. Thank you so, Thank so you much. Guys. Appreciate Thanks. it. Yeah. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Amanda Duberman. And this has been the Betcha Sup Podcast. The Sup is created by Sammy Fishbein. The show is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. The newsletter is written by Elise Morales. Artwork by Brittany Levine. And be sure to follow us at at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.